What do you do for an encore? Fall asleep? You don't seem to understand something. I'm in charge here. All you have to do is watch my back and each other's. Take out the trash. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am GamerDude. Glad to have you with us for another episode of Stories. Today's stories, as promised in previous episodes, it's about Chincoteague, Virginia. I talked about Chincoteague during the family vacation episode, and I wanted to save an entire episode of the podcast for Chincoteague because I spent so many years there growing up. That was our go-to destination. I don't know how many families have go-to destinations. I know some people have beach houses. Ooh, beach houses. We had a place to go. But we never had a beach house. We had a place that we would go, and we would try to find places to stay on the place to go. And that was part of the charm, I guess, of Chincoteague. And I think that's how my dad discovered it, trying to find a place to stay. For those who did listen to the Family Vacation Podcast, you know we spent many years going to various places, having various questionably entertaining vacations. I mean, we were confined to a cabin in Lake Champlain one year for two days because of a hurricane. We took... The balmy vacations to the beaches of New Hampshire one year. We were in steamy Washington, D.C. for one year. And I think my mom put her foot down one year and said, I think we need to find a nice warm place where it's relaxing and everybody has a good time. And I think that's what my dad really wanted to do, too. We just never could find the right place until they discovered Chincoteague. Now, I was just a kid, so I didn't know anything about it. And as I said before, we didn't have anything to do with the vacations. Vacation time was dad's time. Dad planned vacations, and we just went along for the ride. He needed a place to relax and not do anything, at least work-related. I mean, when you're on a vacation in Washington, you're doing something. When you're on a vacation in Niagara Falls, you're doing something. You have to plan activities. You have to go places. My dad did planning and decision-making all day long at his job, so he wanted a vacation where he didn't have to do any of that, and Chincoteague gave him that. Now, for those who don't know, Chincoteague is an island just off the coast of Virginia, and it is right next to an island called Assateague Island, and Assateague extends from Virginia all the way up to Maryland. It's a very long barrier island along the coast of the U.S., and it's also a national seashore. It's preserved by the federal government. Several of the features of Assateague are some animal sanctuaries. There's a bird refuge, and they also protect the ponies there. You may have heard of the ponies of Chincoteague. They actually live on Assateague Island, and legend has it that they're descendants of horses that were washed ashore by a Spanish galleon that went down off the coast of Virginia hundreds of years ago. I don't know how true that is, but there's horses there, and they have an annual pony penning festival every July, and that's how they raise money, and people go down there, and they herd up the ponies and sell off some of the ponies, and you can have your own pet pony if you go to Chincoteague. We never got a pet pony, but the horses had nothing to do with why we went to Chincoteague, Virginia. We went there because A, it was warm, so that appeased my mother, and B, there was nothing to do there. I mean, literally nothing to do except go to the beach, eat, and sleep. That was the entertainment on Chincoteague, and that suited my dad just fine. Now, as I understand the story, my dad talked to somebody that he worked with 
about vacation destinations, and Shinkati came up in the conversation. And one of his co-workers stayed with his family. Their last name was Jester. They have long since passed, but they were a kindly old couple, and they had a house right on the bay side of Shinkatig Island. And on their property, in addition to their house, they had a mobile home and a two-room cottage. And what they would do is they would rent both the mobile home and the two-room cottage out to vacationers. So what you would do is you'd drive down to Shinkatig, and instead of going to a hotel, you would go to their property and drive past their house. It was maybe two acres big, and there was about a half an acre for the trailer and half an acre for the cottage, and, and the rest of it was where their house was. And you would rent out either the cottage or the trailer, and it would be yours for the week. They had a bathroom and a kitchen and bedrooms and places for people to sleep. I have no idea what the rentals were, but I know that it was cheaper than going to a hotel. Otherwise, my dad would not have done it. It also afforded us the opportunity to have a kitchen and a refrigerator so we could have breakfasts and lunches in the trailer or in the cottage, depending on where we were staying. And then we would be free to go out to dinner, which is what we did. Going out to dinner, which we never did during the year, going out to dinner on vacation was the treat. And so we went out to dinner every night. But that's why we ate in every morning and afternoon so that we could go out to dinner at night. But anyway, the first time that we went down to Shinkatig, uh, we stayed in the mobile home. Now, this is a traditional mobile home. It wasn't a double wide. It was a narrow little trailer with a bedroom at the end, which would be the equivalent of a master bedroom, but it was only as wide as a trailer. So they had the equivalent of a double bed in there for my mom and dad. My dad was a big guy, by the way. My dad was, as I've said before, he was 6'3 and a couple of hundred pounds, and double bed was barely enough for him. But he and my mom shared the double bed at the end of the trailer. Then in the middle of the trailer was what passed for a bedroom where they had bunk beds. And my brother and sister each had one of the bunks. And that left the couch in the living room for years truly. So I got the couch in the living room to sleep on. So you got a family of five with a little kitchenette, a little tiny bathroom, and a little tiny living room. And we were all packed in there with all of our stuff to keep us busy for a week. So our vacations started on Saturday, and they went from Saturday to Saturday. That's the way vacation was. That gave us Sunday to recover. Which, by the way, is a habit I still have today. I picked that up from my dad, and I still do that. I take vacations from Saturday to Saturday and give us a day to recover from the trip. I know some families travel Friday to Friday. Some families travel Sunday to Sunday. I go Saturday to Saturday because that's how my dad did it. And so I do it that way. If it was good enough for my dad, it's good enough for me. But anyway, we would drive down on Saturday. We'd get down there about mid-afternoon. We'd pull into the Jester's property and we'd drive up to the trailer and we'd unpack our stuff and load up the trailer. Now, the first time we went down there, we had no idea what to expect. My dad had never been. My mom had never been. Obviously, us kids had never been. So we unloaded the stuff into the trailer and then we piled back into the car because we wanted to get to the beach. Now, Shinkatig itself doesn't really have beaches for sitting out on the sand and jumping in the ocean or even swimming in the bay. Shinkatig is more like the town next to the island with the beach. So it's a good 15-20 minute drive from where we stayed to get to the actual beach area. The actual beach area, as I said, is on Assateeg Island. Now Assateeg, since it's a protected federal wildlife refuge, has zero development. 
Now you've been to beaches with boardwalks and arcades and hotels right on the water and little towns built up right along the coast. I mean, anywhere along the Jersey Shore, you've got the ocean and the boardwalk and 9 billion businesses from ice cream parlors to arcades to t-shirt shops to tattoo parlors. They're all up along the coast of New Jersey from the north end to the south end of the beach. Every town has its own boardwalk and its own businesses right there on the water. That may be one of the reasons that my dad didn't go to the Jersey Shore because he didn't like all the commercialization, all the people there just milling about, shopping and eating and crowding up his way to get to the beach because he wanted to go to the beach and sit on the beach. He didn't want to deal with the people and the businesses and the smell of the food and the sound of the calliope over at the arcade. He just wanted to go to the beach. Assateague is sand, birds, horses, natural flora and fauna, and the ocean. That's it. That's all there is on Assateague Island. There's the occasional ranger hut, some lifeguard stands, a couple of bathhouses near the water so you could change into your bathing suit. But aside from that, nothing. At the time we were there, there was not a snack bar, not a water stand, not a lemonade stand. Not, there was no business on Assateague Island. If you wanted water, you better pack a cooler full of water. Or you would just go dry for the rest of the day. Or you'd have to leave the island and go back to Chincoteague to go purchase stuff and bring it back to Assateague. Because there was literally nothing there. So if you wanted a vacation where you did nothing but sit on the beach and look at the waves... Assateague was your choice. And my dad had found his nirvana because that's all he wanted to do. We would pack up every day all of the beach chairs, the blankets to lie out on. We did pack up a cooler. We filled it with water or drinks of whatever sort we were bringing. Occasionally, we would pack our lunch and eat lunch on the beach because when we went to the beach with my dad, we were there for the day. If we wanted a break, we would maybe not bring lunch and we'd come back to the trailer for lunch and then go back to the beach for the afternoon because that's what we did. That was vacation. That's probably how I developed my affinity for and my love of the sea because I spent so many years just sitting by the sea. Now, don't forget, as I've said before, we didn't have cell phones or laptops or tablets to entertain ourselves. There were no Wi-Fi signals to worry about. When you went to the beach, you either went swimming, dug in the sand, or brought a book to read. Because those were your options for entertainment. You didn't have anything else. Well, yeah, you could people watch, and I surely did do that. But that was it. It was relaxing. It did teach us to entertain ourselves. And it did teach us patience. Because if you know you're sitting on the beach for the next three hours, you learn to be patient. And you learn to amuse yourself. So we dug all kinds of holes in the beach. We built all kinds of sandcastles. I learned to body surf and I learned to love the ocean because I would get to the water at 10 o'clock in the morning and I'd be in there till lunchtime. I would be in the ocean for three hours. I would come out looking like a shriveled prune. But boy, did I love being in the water. It was adventurous to me. It kept me entertained. I learned to swim under waves, over waves, with waves. It was, it was just a great experience, and I really came to just love being on the beach. I really didn't have a choice because it was literally on the beach every day for two weeks, every year, for more years than I can count. I suppose if I counted them up, I could tell you exactly how many years we went there. 
But even after I moved out of the house, when I went away to college, when I moved out of the house, my family continued to go to the beach. They continued to go to Chincoteague. It had to be 20 years straight because my dad loved it there. He loved it there. Now, the accommodations were always interesting. The first year we had the little tiny trailer, (laughs) a family of five and a little tiny trailer. And we were really packed in there. But you know what? We were on vacation. We were away from home. So we made it work. We all wanted to be there. It was important to us to have a good family vacation. And we learned to get along for the most part. I mean, you have three kids. You're going to have little tiffs between the kids. It's going to happen. But, you know, you get along. That's what you do. If you're not nice to your sister, you're sitting under the umbrella all day tomorrow. That was one of the threats. You won't go in the water until noon. That was another one of the threats. The threat was never, you're going to stay in the trailer all day because that wasn't going to happen. We didn't do that. But boy, we would have a timeout on the beach. And to punish me on the beach, don't let me in the water. Oh my God, that was the worst punishment ever. Okay, I'll behave. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just don't keep me out of the water. So that was the first year, the, the little trailer. The second year, my parents discovered that they really liked Chincoteague. So we upgraded ourselves to the cottage. The cottage actually had two bedrooms and a living room and a kitchen area. It was a perfect square cottage. I remember the, the, the floor plan of the cottage was a perfect square. So there was one bedroom that my parents had, the other bedroom that my brother and sister shared, and me once again on the couch. <laughs> I always had the couch. I, I don't even know why. I don't even know why. I don't know why I had the couch, but it was always me out in the living room. So that's what I dealt with. Now, the, the cottage itself was really not much bigger than the trailer. It was a different configuration and it had more doors. So you had a bigger sense of privacy. But again, you had five people jammed into probably 600 square feet, which is not a lot of room. But once again, it was away from home and it was a vacation. Now, the second year we went down there, my dad booked the full two weeks And that's when I really learned to love the beach because, again, didn't have a choice. So every day for two weeks, we would go to Assateague and we would go to the beach. I do not remember more than one or two rainy slash cloudy days down there. It always seemed like we had perfect weather when we were down there. Yeah, it would be hot, but I don't ever remember being rained out maybe once or twice over the course of all the years that we were down there. But I just don't remember being rained out in Chincoteague. I just remember the vacations in Chincoteague being just wonderful times. Just a great, great time to be a kid. Because we had no cares, we had no responsibilities, we just got to hang out and swim. It was great. After our second year, the Jesters upgraded the trailer. They got rid of the tiny little trailer, which was really a tiny little trailer. If you've ever seen the TV show, The Rockford Files, the trailer that Rockford lived in, that was the size of the trailer that the Jesters had that first year. But by our third year, they'd upgraded and they let us know. They'd upgraded to the traditional double wide. It was a double wide trailer. You have to say it that way, by the way. It's a double wide. So that meant there was a lot more room for a family of five. Okay, not a lot more room, but more room. (laughs) There was a little more room in the double wide. So the third year down there, we rented the double wide. And the routine continued. Two weeks, going to the beach every day. Breakfast and lunch in the trailer or on the beach. And then dinners out. Now, dinners out. Dinners out were wonderful. Because we all loved seafood. 
And one of the biggest businesses on Chincoteague was the seafood industry. They had fishing boats go out every day and bring in their fresh catches. And all of the local restaurants would have the fresh catch of the day. And they had everything. They had fresh clams and fresh shrimp and fresh flounder and whatever seafood you can think of, they had it. And it was available and it was dirt cheap because it was right there. They would take it off of the boat and put it in the restaurant kitchen and cook it that day. And boy, did I learn an appreciation for fresh seafood. Oh, it's so good. So good. We would try everything. They had fried clam strips, which is clams shredded, breaded, deep fried, and served with cocktail sauce. Oh my God, they were so good. Fried shrimp, jumbo shrimp, butterflied, dipped in batter, deep fried. By the way, everything in the South, deep fried, and just the way I like it. So everything was deep fried. You could get it baked, but what fun is that? So we had jumbo fried shrimp. The flounder, they would bring in these flounders. They would put a plate in front of you, and the flounder extended off both sides of the plate. It was such a huge fillet of flounder. You could get it baked, but again, what fun is that? Fried flounder? Oh, my. God, it was mouth-wateringly good. I still remember it to this day. It was so good. Oh, my God. Scallops? You could get sea scallops? We had sea scallops. I didn't know what a scallop was until we went to the seafood restaurants down there. Oh, goodness gracious. Sautéed scallops? The one thing I didn't get fried was scallops. You sauté them in butter. You serve them up. Oh, oh. Ooh, if you've never had a sea scallop, get your, don't get it at the supermarket. Don't get it at the steakhouse. Get yourself to a coast and go to a seafood restaurant and get yourself some sea scallops. Oh, they are so good. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, we talk about food a lot in the stream. That's because my life has always been about food. And the seafood we got on these trips to Chincoteague was just mind-blowingly good. Now, there was a bunch of different restaurants we would go to. They all had great menu selections. But the one restaurant that I remember was a place called Bill's. Bill's Seafood Restaurant. I don't know who Bill was. I don't know that we ever met Bill. But he ran a hell of a restaurant. Now, it didn't look like anything more than a hole in the wall. If you've ever pictured a greasy spoon diner in your head, or if you've ever seen a greasy spoon diner depicted in a movie... That's what Bill's looked like. It looked like your typical hole-in-the-wall greasy spoon diner for mica tables, for mica counters. The air conditioning kind of sputtered in the corner like a... And it kind of cooled the place off, but they had fans going at the same time to kind of spread the little bit of cool air there was around a little bit. But boy, the food. The best food on the island. It was so good. And we would go to Bill's Seafood Restaurant at least four or five times while we were down there because the food was that good. Yeah, we lived for the food. We lived for the eating out. It was great. Anyway, we stayed at the Jester's for, I think it was four, it might have been five years. But as we were getting older, as I was getting older, my parents realized we needed to have a little more room. So we actually had to stop going to the Jester's because they didn't keep upgrading the double wide. So we had to find... Homes with bigger spaces and more rooms. And as my sister grew up and as my brother grew up, everybody kind of needed their own room. So we had to start finding places where everybody had a little more privacy because we were all jammed into one space for two weeks and a much smaller space than we lived in. So my dad started going to different rental agencies and finding different places to go. We still kept going to Chincoteague. We just found different places to stay. Now, one of the places that we found, and I remember it because... (laughs) 
because it's the place that I realized that my parents were still having, uh, to keep this family friendly, romantic relations. And I didn't discover it in what you would call the traditional sense. I discovered it because we were in a rickety three-story Victorian-style house. But it was really a rickety house. I mean, every step creaked. Every piece of furniture rattled or thumped or creaked every time you sat in it. It was just, it was an ancient place, but we got a good price on it and we had enough room for us. That was one of the last times that I had to share a room. This time I was sharing with my brother. We were upstairs. My parents were on the second floor and my sister was on the second floor. And then there was the first floor. And I remember waking up one morning and my brother was awake too. We'd gotten up early for whatever reason. And maybe it was this vibration we were feeling in the house. And I lay there and, and the house felt like it was shaking. And my brother asked, is, is, is that an earthquake? And I was lying in the bed and I could feel the bed move, but oddly, rhythmically. And I was still young, but I wasn't that young. And I realized it was early, but not that early. And I didn't hear anything but boy, the motion of the entire house was pretty rhythmic and pretty regular. And I realized what was going on on the floor directly below me. So I told my brother, yeah, it's an earthquake. Just go back to sleep. It'll be fine. And he did. I never said anything about it, but I do remember it to this day. The other thing that I remember about the rental properties that we had was that you were always dealing with the worst furniture that people could find. And there was this one particular house that we rented that had just really bad furniture. Now, as I said, my dad is a big guy, and he always needed a comfortable chair, a comfortable couch, someplace he could stretch out, something that, that would support his frame and his weight, because he was a big fella. And there was this one particular couch that no matter where he sat on it, there was some spring sticking up his butt, some slat sticking in his back, Something just, it was just not a comfortable thing for him to sit on. And he was always grunting and fidgeting and trying to find that just right spot to sit in. So he could just sit down at the end of the day, watch some TV until the next day dawned. And he just could never find the correct spot. And there was just one night, I don't even remember what put him over the edge, but he literally stood up, punched the couch and said, that's for being so damned uncomfortable. And that was my dad. But years and years of going down to Chincoteague, and we experienced a lot of different things. One of the things that I do remember, and if I die young, you'll know why. One of the things that we experienced was the mosquito spraying. They had trucks go through Chincoteague, and they had giant spraying equipment on the back of these trucks. And they would fill the streets with this insecticide in the hopes of keeping the bugs down. And we, being dumb kids, we were outside playing. We didn't care. Oh, mm, there's the bug truck coming by. Nobody told us to get inside. Nobody told us to put on breathing masks. Nobody told us to avoid the spray truck at all costs. We were just having a good time playing outside. I probably contracted some horrible disease playing in the bug spray. But I didn't care. I was a kid. The other thing we wound up doing when we went down to Shinkadeague as we got older is uh, we took our bikes my dad thought it was a good idea to give us some kind of entertainment and probably also to get us out of the house so that he and mom could have some peace. So we took our bicycles. We would put these racks on the front and back of the, uh, of the family van and we'd put the bikes up on the van and we'd take them with us all the way down to Chincoteague. And this is back in the day when 
you know, the parents were not helicopter parents. They said, go on your bike, have fun, come back in half an hour or an hour or two hours or wherever. Just be back before dark. So at the end of a beach day, we would get back to the house. And if we were back before the dinner hour, we had time to go out on our bikes. Or after dinner, even though it was dark, we were on an island and my parents didn't worry as long as we were back by 9 or 10 o'clock. Go out and ride your bikes. Just be back by 9 or 10 o'clock. So we would ride our bikes. One of the destinations that I discovered while we were riding our bikes was the family campground. I forget the name of it. It wasn't one of the koas, one of those big chains, Yogi Bears campgrounds. You've seen the advertisements for them on the highways, I'm sure. There were a few chain campgrounds. This was a local campground, and for the life of me, I can't remember the name of it. And I've racked my brain, but it was the campground. Because people would go to Chincoteague, and instead of going to a hotel or renting a trailer or a cottage, they would bring their tents or their own campers and go to the campground and settle in there for the week or two that they were vacationing. But the campground had its own general store area so that people who were camping could go buy whatever they needed, toiletries and food stuff and snacks and whatever else you needed. You could get it at the general store at the campground. But it was open to everybody on the island. It was close enough to where we were staying so we could bike out to the campground and go into the general store. Now, why would we do that? Well, I discovered that they had video games there. We didn't have a lot of entertainment, but if you got a place with video games and I got a pocket full of quarters, I'm there. So my sister and I would bike out. My brother was still too little to be biking out there with us, but my sister and I would bike out to the general store at the campground our pockets full of whatever quarters we could scrounge either from our own little meager collections or from my dad's pocket. Dad, dad, could I have a quarter, please? Could I have a quarter, please? And we'd head out to the campground. And they had an Asteroids game out there. And boy, that game ate a lot of my quarters. But it was worth the trip, man. We would milk those quarters, try to get as much Asteroids time in as we can. But that wasn't the first video game that I discovered out there. The first video game that I discovered, aside from Pong was Space Invaders. And this is probably the birth of my love affair with gaming. We went to a pizza hut, which was off of Chincoteague. We actually had to go back out to the main road, which was Route 13, going north and south on the east coast of Virginia. And just before you got to the turnoff for Chincoteague, there was a pizza hut. And it was a sit-down, go-in-and-eat type of pizza hut. It wasn't one of those quickie little call us up and we'll deliver it. It was a full-blown restaurant pizza hut. Back in the days when they actually still had a salad bar, too. That's how far back we're going. And Space Invaders was the game. That's how far back we're going. The original Space Invaders. But it wasn't just a Space Invaders game. This was a tabletop Space Invaders game. So you would sit down and instead of the arcade machine that you normally looked at, the screen was flat. So you had to look down as if you're sitting at a table. To me, this was... This was like the holy grail of gaming. You could sit down at a table, put a drink down, have your slice of pizza next to you, put a quarter in, and play Space Invaders? I'm moving in here. I didn't get to play that machine very much because we didn't go out to the Pizza Hut very much, but every once in a while, when my mom and dad wanted a break from the seafood, God knows why you would, but they did, we would go to the Pizza Hut. And while we were waiting for pizza, we would have our quarters ready to go. And we'd go to the little tabletop Space Invaders game and pop our quarters in and kill time until the pizza was done. That's probably where I really learned to love video games because I loved playing Space Invaders. And I loved going out to the campground to play Asteroids. It was all over for me after that as far as video games are concerned. It's funny how it all ties together, isn't it? 
Boy, that really just scratches the surface of Shingatig, because there is so much to tell. But I'm looking at the clock. I, I, I've been talking. I told you there's a lot to talk about about, about going to Shingatig. There were the trips to the bird sanctuary and the walk to the lighthouse and the, tri- the side trip on the one rainy day up to Ocean City, Maryland. There is so much to tell about what was going on in Chicoteague and what we did to fill the time. But I think I can save those stories for another episode. In the meantime, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being part of things. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I love having you listen to these stories. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the stories. I love your comments. I love your feedback. If you have any suggestions, if you have any comments, if you have any critiques, please feel free to send me a message, DM me on Twitter, and let me know what you think. You guys take care of yourselves. Thanks again, and I'll see you when I see you.